Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. There was not an episode last week because I had to go to work. I'm sorry about that. I got some very nice messages though. So the previous episode, uh, the end of the episode after the the end song, after like, I guess the end credits, it's not really credits, but you know, the thank you and the song and stuff. There was a bit where I was like kind of torn up about how someone had gotten paid to make Lady Battle Cop and I didn't get paid for this. I got some really nice messages from listeners. I really appreciate that. And um, it really made me feel good that a couple of people, and it wasn't sarcastic, or at least it didn't feel sarcastic. Maybe it was and I didn't catch it. But they were like, hey man, you okay? You know, you're doing a good job. It was just, uh, it was very nice. It was really, really nice, I have to admit. Uh, I tend to have trouble with sincerity. That's why I use the computer-generated voices to say thank you and stuff, because I'm so awkward and uncomfortable when I have to try to do something sincere. I find it really difficult. But yes, I got a bunch of messages of people showing concern. That was a bit. I was not actually feeling anything other than Lady Battle Cop was a weird movie. It is funny that someone got paid for it and I don't, but I don't care about that. I'm doing this as a hobby. If you listen to Ninja News Japan, you have already heard the Spotify annual summary for that. I got one for Velocity Podcast as well. So I, I find those, it gives you a lot of numbers, which is something I find endlessly fascinating. There was, when I found, when I saw this, I was shocked, 100% shocked. I cannot say any other word. On Spotify, so I know not the listenership is downloads, streaming, Spotify, and a couple other formats. You try to put your podcast out everywhere, which means collating actual numbers and information is difficult. Spotify is unique, gives you very specific information. Podcast has a 95% female listenership on Spotify. I was shocked. My image was that my new show, Ninja News Japan, would be all mixed, 50-50. But somehow my image of Podcast was all male. And that probably came from some previous numbers. But then learning that 95% of the people listening on Spotify are women, I was really happy about that. Because it means my content is not bro-focused, I guess. I don't know how to express it properly. I'm just glad there's more people listening of more variety than I was expecting. Does that make sense? The age range... Of the 90% female audience is 23 to 27 and 45 to 59. Very interesting groups uh, because they're so separate. Your early 20s and your late 40s. That's cool. The 5% male listenership, 35 to 44. And that overlaps with the numbers from Ninja News Japan. So I'm assuming those guys are actually just listening to both. I appreciate that. I don't want to make it sound diminishing in any way because I just think that's what happened. But it's just, this is a big surprise for me. The audience overall, 
listens to Ariana Grande, Amy Shark, and the Box Tops. Now, the only one of those that I've actually heard of is Ariana Grande, and that's because she's cute, and that makes me feel really gross, because she looks like she's 12, despite the fact I know she's an adult. I'm going to look into these other bands just to see if they suit me, and if they somehow match the Podcast vibe, which I now don't know what that vibe is, to be honest. Most of the listeners on Spotify are from Australia and Sweden. So thank you, Australia. Thank you, Sweden. The most popular episode of Ninja News Japan last year was Drukpo Kunli, episode 147. Uh, and that's about a guy with a giant penis, and he beat demons with it. That's the, the content of that story. Uh, he's just a really interesting guy because he was a monk. We should go listen to that episode, make it even more popular, 147. Uh, also 143, I don't remember the title. I think it was just Veloc Podcast, but didn't have a title for it. And then 167 was the third, and it was the one where I talked about Harry Potter. And I knew that was going to get more attention. So I realized, yes, the pop culture stuff, where I stuff I'm tearing on pop culture and analyzing and stuff, is kind of the more interesting stuff. But it seems like what I've learned from this is that the storytelling episodes, the, the stuff where I talk about a story and go through it, and then talk about maybe a fictional universe and go through it and analyze it, those are the most popular ones. That doesn't mean I'm going to do more of those, but it will help guide what kind of things I look at. Because Velocipodcast Podcast is essentially whatever is interesting at the moment is the thing I end up talking about. And of course, you can see by the variety of topics, that changes really quickly. For everyone who's listened uh, on Spotify this year, everyone in, in Sweden and Australia and Japan and, and America and everywhere else, if you've enjoyed the, the episodes, please share them with friends. I keep about 150 episodes online all the time. Uh, this is the vacation in Japan, so I will be probably taking a break until the new year. So I had to work last week, so I couldn't record. It wasn't that I was just being lazy. Uh, now I have responsibilities to take care of my kids, go places and do things, uh, which is nice. So probably there will not be another episode until the new year. If I get recording time, I will record another episode. So uh, please look out for that. Thank you for listening this year. I look forward to you listening in 2020. And if you have any feedback, positive or negative, anything you'd like to talk about, any questions, please send an email at velocipodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at Velocipeter on Twitter. Okay, this was a thought I had recently and uh, one of my friends, Guy, he's been on the show a couple of times. He posted, you know, say something controversial about the holidays and I posted that Rudolph... If you pay attention to the lyrics, he had a very shiny nose. You would even say it glows, but because you would say it glows and it's only shiny, it doesn't glow and therefore would not be useful for guiding Santa's sleigh on a foggy night. Because shiny implies a reflective surface. So I would assume that what happens is he has a very shiny nose, we're, we always have the cartoon version where it's bright red. That's either a genetic anomaly or some kind of infection. But because shiny, if he's out during the daytime and it's shiny, it's reflecting light from the sun. So that light's bouncing off and it's like, oh my, his nose is so bright. You would even say it glows. You would say that because it looks that way in the sunlight. When it gets dark, you would not say that anymore. The specificity 
of the language within the song actually dictates that the premise is false. That Rudolph's nose does not actually glow. And one of the side issues with it glowing, if we're going to be really honest about flying through fog, cars have low beams. And that's actually fog lights. And those are to hit the road because if you shine it up in the light, all you do is illuminate the fog, the cloud that you're basically in, and you actually don't even see as well. So you need to shine down. Now, it sounds like the implication of Santa's goal here was it was going to guide the sleigh. Now, does that mean he needed a point he could see at the front of the sleigh so that he could fly his path? Or did he need the path in front of him illuminated so he could see? Because if they're flying, that's relatively useless. You actually need uh, helicopter pilots, I know, follow roads. They, they mark actual landmarks throughout the world, and that's how they get places. Airplanes use GPS. Now, Santa has been around pre-GPS, so his system must be different from that. I actually would have assumed he used the stars. Now, he's going up high enough that their fog would no longer be a problem and the clouds would no longer be a problem because that's how he's navigating historically anyways. And since these are flying reindeer and there's an element of magic involved, I'm assuming the thin air and cold above the cloud cover would not be an issue. And it was supposed to be just be a foggy day. So cloud cover is a very easy thing to get above because that's usually ground level. Like you'll actually drive out on misty mornings and see valleys that are full of fog. But if you're above the valley, which isn't, you know, even above ground level, really, you're perfectly fine. It's a perfectly bright day. So the fog issue itself seems like a false premise. The fact that they use the word, you would say it glows, has always bothered me. Because that is a comparative, not a fact. It's so shiny, you would say it glows. It doesn't, but you would say that, even though that is incorrect. And that's my initial point, that I think people's idea of Rudolph's nose as a premise is f incorrect. They've confused themselves and how that works. But then it leads us to a series of questions about how that evening worked, where Rudolph became the leader of the reindeer. What was he leading and how was it working? If it's reflective, you could have had a light shone onto it and that would you know, reflect towards something else. And that could become sort of your triangulation system. But if it's foggy, then your ground source light no longer works. If you're above the clouds and you're using some sort of satellite to track where Santa is, well, then the fog is irrelevant. So the more I dig into the Rudolph scandal and issue, the Rudolph conspiracy, the more I realize that this is just a terrible premise. It does not make any sense. And it doesn't work for the rest of the song. I think we can say now, Rudolph Snows does not glow. Because if you would say that, it's not because it does, it's because, ooh, it's so shiny it glows. I've said that a couple times. I'm not going to save it. <clears throat> Whatever. Shining a light on a reflective surface is less beneficial as a guiding premise. So the end part of the song seems to have an issue. And fog is a very simple thing to overcome overall. And since Santa has to deliver packages throughout the whole world, it's only foggy in one area at one time. He could actually deliver packages to everywhere else 
and then when the fog has dissipated, return to that area and deliver the packages. This is within the realm of possibility of Santa's magical powers, only because he's able to cover the whole world and every kid in presence in one night. Now, the ultimate thing here is that Santa's not real. I work at a Japanese company and uh, harassment of any sort is an issue. It's in the news all the time. There's power harassment, sexual harassment. Uh, they have maternity harassment. They have a lot of different kinds of harassment. They define all the harassments in Japan. And I was thinking if there was any sort of system you could come up with uh, to ensure that you don't actually get in trouble for this. Because as a, as a white male, this is a big problem for me because I want to make sure I don't sexually harass people. So I was thinking if there was a way to unsexually harass someone. So I made a joke in the office and there was a, a lady friend present. And I said, I have firm, taut nipples. Now, this was not appropriate for the workplace. So I, I realized what I had done was just inadvertently sexually harass this young woman if she, was un, if she was uncomfortable. So I needed to undo that damage. So what I said immediately afterwards was, just to be clear, my nipples are neither firm nor taut. I wonder if that did it, because... If it seemed like I was trying to appeal to her sexually before, the second instance would have undone any of that effort. I was clearly trying to not be sexually appealing anymore. So this leads me to a question. Can you unsexually harass people? Can you undo the damage that you've done if you realize you've done the damage? Because, yes, to be clear, my nipples are not firm, nor are they taut. I mean, I, I do exercise, but I'm an older man, and gravity, it takes its toll. I'm sure lots of people out there understand exactly what I'm saying. So I'm trying to come up with a new methodology to ensure that I never get me tooed, to make it very clear when something is a joke. Now, the issue is the jokes make people uncomfortable. But if I make people more uncomfortable by undoing the joke, does that somehow make it better? Which is a very interesting question I've had to ask myself because as I make jokes, yes, some of them will push boundaries. Uh, that's what humor does. But if I do other jokes that are honestly worse, reflect more poorly on myself, is that better or does that somehow make it worse? Because you hit the point where you're not letting it go but in a way, you're actually being funnier because you're being, being self-deprecating. So if anyone needs to know anything, let me just say it one more time to be clear. My nipples are neither firm nor taut. So I play a lot of video games and I've had a couple weird things that I've noticed recently. I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. When you start a game, you go into a lobby. In that lobby, everyone's microphone is on if they're wearing a microphone. and Twice now, I have noticed people playing pornography loud enough that the microphone they're using picks it up, broadcasting it to everyone else in the lobby. And I'm trying to figure out why. Because if you're playing this game, it's a very focused game. You, you won't be really be able to concentrate on anything else while you're playing. There is wait time, downtime while you are in between sessions, but that wait time is pretty minimal, if we're being really honest. Certainly, you're not getting the, the more detailed aspects of the plot of a pornographic documentary 
And if I'm being really honest, you, you shouldn't be splitting your attention. If you are going to do one thing, you should do it really well. So if you're going to play Call of Duty, you should you should listen to the duty that you're being called to and do that. If if the call of duty in this case is to pornography, I think you should just go to the pornography. I have wondered if people think that when they play that, that I, the listener, am believing that they are having sexual intercourse. So this is like a, a false flag, a demonstration that they are sexually active in between Call of Duty rounds, because I don't. Uh, there is the potential that they think, other people think it's cool that they're watching pornography, which has never actually been cool. Uh, it's one of those things that you sort of should be ashamed of and not show, not share with other people. Very close friends, I'm sure you talk about types and stuff, but I actually have noticed that no one really gets too deep into it because there is shame there. Because let's face it, if we're being really honest, if you're watching pornography, you're not actually out doing it. So there's that. Since I'm talking about video games, there has been a, a secondary issue that is just as confusing to me. It is that Puma has made a sock-like shoe for gamers. Now, the shoe itself just looks like a slip-on. It actually looks very nice. It's kind of like a ninja slipper. It doesn't have the toe thing, but if I was going to describe it as anything, it would be a ninja slipper. And it, it looks actually pretty comfortable. I, I would consider trying them, but they're calling it active gaming footwear. Now, the thing is, gaming and active are opposites. I don't know if that's an oxymoron. I guess active gaming footwear is an oxymoron. It's just the advertising that I'm looking at that explains the purpose of the shoe actually makes the purpose of the shoe more obscure. The gaming shoes have a sock-like appearance with a snug fit and an engineered knit upper. So yeah, it looks woven. It looks more like a sock than a shoe in the traditional sense. The outsole is made of rubber for improved grip while the insole is made of two densities of foam. So they're going to be cushiony. That's nice. You know, it's nice to have cushiony shoes. This is where it gets to the point where I've read a, this paragraph a few times and have yet to understand what it means. Because when you're playing a video game, you are primarily sitting down. This is not VR. They're talking about console players, so at home, sitting like I do. Most people probably sit on a couch. I sit at my desk because my console is connected to the same screen as my computer. So I play with the screen really up close to my face. I'm sure that's not good for me, but maybe I'll get enough radiation. I get superpowers one day. I don't know. But listen to this paragraph. The active gaming footwear is designed with different gaming modes in mind. Medial wrap-up grip is meant to assist with the seek mode. Lateral wrap-up support aids attack mode, while heel wrap-up stability is designed to benefit cruise and defense modes. I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, if I'm sitting playing a video game and I'm in attack mode, so I'm, I guess, shooting at someone, I don't see how the lateral wrap support is going to help. Unless the idea is that I'm going to go out and then mimic those moves in real life. I get what seek mode is. That's where you're looking for stuff. I get what attack mode is. I do not know what cruise mode is. Like, I don't know, even from a video gaming perspective, what that is supposed to mean. Defense mode makes sense. So it seems I've read this paragraph, well, paragraph, it's like two sentences. 
So I've read these three sentences about 12 or 13 times. Have yet to find a single element of it that makes any actual sense as to what the shoes are supposed to be doing. Because I think the shoes are supposed to, be, supposed to be something you wear while you're sitting in a chair playing video games. There is no mode to that. You're just sitting. The active gaming footwear designed with different gaming modes in mind. There is, there is no mode to how you game. You're sitting. Medial wrap-up grip is meant to assist with seek mode. I guess maybe you, if you're looking for stuff, you might push farther forward in your toes. I Yeah, see, even then, you're just moving your feet. I sit completely still. I actually will get cramps when I stop because I, I'm sitting still and the only thing that's moving are my thumbs, my trigger fingers and stuff. This is worth looking at. If someone could explain to me what these modes are, because that's, I get what the shoes are. They're shoes, they're supposed to be sort of soft indoor wear shoes. I guess you can wear them outside. I don't know. But they just look like comfy shoes that you maybe wear around the house. They cost $110, which is fine. I mean, shoes cost 100 bucks from Puma. That sort of is in brand. That sort of makes sense. I need someone from their advertising department to explain what the modes are. So I have sent a message to Puma asking for an explanation as to what these modes are. But Realistically, I don't expect a response, but should I get one, I will be happy to forward it on to you. And since we're talking about things that don't make any sense at all, I don't know why I decided to do this, but I just wanted to, when Trump says stuff, we all get that it doesn't mean anything. Like it doesn't, it's just rambling, but they always do it. People do it in a Trump voice. And I thought it'd be interesting to hear Trump's statements in a normal voice. So this is something that Trump said the other day about wind power. I never understood wind. I know windmills very much. I've studied it better than anybody. I know it is very expensive. They are made in China and Germany mostly. Very few made here, almost none. But they are manufactured tremendous. If you are into this, tremendous fumes and gases are spewing into the atmosphere. You know we have a world, right? So the world is tiny compared to the universe. So tremendous, tremendous amount of fumes and everything. You talk about the carbon footprint, fumes are spewing into the air, right spewing, whether it is China or Germany, is going into the air. A windmill will kill many bald eagles. After a certain number, they make you turn the windmill off. That is true. By the way, they make you turn it off. And yet, if you killed one, they put you in jail. That is okay. But why is it okay for windmills to destroy the bird population? The active gaming footwear is designed with different gaming modes in mind. Medial wrap-up grip is meant to assist with seek mode. Lateral wrap support aids attack mode, while heel wrap-up stability is designed to benefit cruise and defense modes. All of these things make the same amount of sense in the world that we live in now. Podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast. So this might be the opportunity to say, have a good holiday. If you celebrate Christmas, I hope that's nice. Uh, Kwanzaa, 
Hanukkah, anything. Well, you know, have a good holiday. I don't really care. I don't believe any of that shit anyways. Uh, have a good holiday. Have a good New Year's and have a great 2020. Uh, Velocity Podcast is going on a little hiatus. I know you're, you feel like tragedy has just been besought upon you. But we have the winter vacation coming up and I've always tried to record stuff during that and it never really works out. So this time I'm not going to try. There's a great lesson there for the kids who might be listening. If you think it might not work out, don't try. Uh, but the reality is we do have the vacation coming up and I am going to be doing stuff, so I won't have much time to record. On top of that, I'm working on a secondary project. This would actually be like tertiary or maybe even quadriary because we have Ninja News Japan. I will get to do one of those next week, but after that, it's going to be a couple of weeks until the new year. Probably not. I don't know what my recording schedule, I don't know if I'm going to have any time to do stuff. Daily Affirmations Weekly, not exactly rocking and rolling, but I haven't been advertising it. It was more of an experiment to see if I could automate uploads, which has been perfectly successful. So I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, if you are in the need for another like 10 seconds of podcast a week, you should definitely check out Daily Affirmations Weekly. And then there's Velocity Podcast. I am working on a choose your own adventure podcast. So the idea would be you listen to episode one, the end of episode one, you have a choice, go to just go to episode two or go to episode four to continue your story. Uh, just like the old choose your own adventure books. And I actually credit choose your own adventure books for me ending up with an English literature degree. So I was a fairly avid comic reader. My grandmother in Ireland used to send me British comics. So I didn't read American comics. They were too expensive. I didn't have the money to buy them. So this sort of monthly or bi-monthly package, I mean, getting mail was probably pretty exciting as a kid, but I would read these comics and they were serials. So each story only had about two, three pages and then they just went on and on and on. And that got me reading. So I actually think that is sort of the impetus for reading overall, but I wasn't really into books. Books didn't have pictures and that seemed a bit onerous for me. Uh, then one time I was in a store and it had a, uh, I think it was like just one of those cliche D and D covers it had a big dude with muscles and a, like a battle axe, maybe something, a dragon or something in the background. And I looked at it and it had fairly large text. And then this looked like something I could handle. So I bought a choose your own adventure book, my first one. Now I think this was based off the D and D series. So it might not have been called choose your own adventure. You were supposed to like roll a character and have hit points and stuff. And then you know, do it properly. I didn't, I just won every fight and then to the end. So the only way I died is if I made a, a uh, an error that would lead me to a trap or something. But then I found the Choose Your Own Adventure series and they had like mystery stories and they had adventure stories. And they had a lot of different stories and I really, really enjoyed them. And I started consuming those fairly rapidly. They were not expensive. I think they were about $4 or something. And I had an allowance and I could basically buy one of those books a week. And I pretty much did. And after I sort of got through the sum total of most of those books, which actually didn't take very long, because there was a lot of books, but I was reading like one a week. These are really easy to read. I started getting into lighter novels, and then I got into novels, and I started reading books properly. So that, for me, if it weren't for Choose Your Own Adventure, I never would have transitioned from comics to books. So it was a bridge. So I've always had a very deep affection for the Choose Your Own Adventure format. Now, recently... 
there has been an interesting thing. Uh, independent games are calling like their visual novels and stuff choose your own adventures. And there's some company suing them over this. So they want to basically copyright the choose your own adventure phrase. So you can't use that. I have been writing my first choose your own adventure book. It is hopefully comedic primarily. I try to put like something interesting on every page. I've written probably about half of it so far. So I'm thinking another four to six months of writing. And then I'm actually going to do something different. Uh, clearly, I have a deep love for the podcast format. That's why I have three podcasts now. So I figured, hey, why not four? Because, you know, you can't go wrong with making more of the same thing you're making. In one of the other segments, I talk about videos. I actually would like to do videos, but it's, just, it's just that much more time. And I don't have the time. Uh, but anyways, that's irrelevant. I want to make what I think might be the first Choose Your Own Adventure podcast. There are lots of D&D podcasts, but you as the listener do not participate. So you listen to people play D&D. If they're interesting people, they make interesting choices. It's probably a pretty good story format. There are serious stories. They're basically radio dramatizations on the internet. There are, there are full-on science fiction adventures and stuff. And these are all really cool podcasts. Uh, but for me, what got me into the Choose Your Own Adventure format was me making a choice every now and then. And it kept me involved. So I am making that. Now, of course, it means essentially writing a book. But in this case, I realized you don't write a book. You write a book with offshoots. So I've written two main stories. I've actually completed one. And I'm just getting to the point where I can... I'm, I'm actually wrapping up some of the side stories that go. where Usually where things go wrong. So it leads to some sort of fail state where you die. Then I want to work on the second main story, which actually, in my mind, is the mainest story. So there's sort of like a win state, like how do you know if you've won? So I wanted to make it so there were two main paths, and there was a successful ending for each of the main paths. But one is longer than the other. So I've written the short one, and I've written all the side bits for that. I'm just finishing that up, and then I'm going to start working on the main, main path, which would be the longer path, which I guess would be the best ending. So the good ending and best ending in this. And it's what I've been doing, what I've been trying to do is write one page every day. So primarily before work, I get to work about half an hour, an hour early. I kind of have been thinking about it. I sit down and I just write out that page every day. And I just continue, continue, continue. And it's been a pretty good system. I've been getting through one to two pages every day. Uh, but over the break, if I have free time, it's very hard for me to sit down and, and record if I don't know what my schedule is, if I don't know what my family's doing, if I don't know what's going on, because that is actually really normal when you have a family of four. You actually don't know what your what time's available to you. But sitting down and writing is a much faster process than sitting down, writing notes for a podcast, looking stuff up, and then actually recording a podcast, editing it, and posting it on the internet. So I see this as an opportunity to just get more done on the Choose Your Own Adventure. So it's something to look forward to. But of course, like I just said, I'm talking about six more months of writing and then I have to record it and then I have to post it on the internet. And the Daily Affirmations Weekly was an experiment. Could I record it, set a timer for it to go up? Because what I actually need is all the episodes to go up at the same time. Because I can't post one episode and then post a second episode and then that's one choice, but then you don't have the alternative. So they all have to go up in total, complete at the same time for this to be successful. So right now I've written about a hundred some pages. 
which will equate to, I'm thinking one page per episode almost. So I'm already at about 100 episodes. So I'm thinking going to be 200, maybe 250 episodes. I'll have to go up at the same time because if you want to start reading, I want you to be able to continue reading. Each episode is going to be relatively short. That's sort of four or five in order and not understand why this story doesn't make any sense. If you think you're going to miss hearing this voice, you can listen to Ninja News Japan. I'm going to put that up next week. Then that might go on hiatus for two weeks. You can listen to Daily Affirmations Weekly. That's going to go up every Wednesday. Uh, it's only about 10 seconds each episode. Or you certainly can go back and listen to the older episodes because there are a lot of them. I keep about 150 or 100 on. I think I'm leaving 150 episodes up online all the time and taking down the old ones. If I do find I have a lot of time, I actually want to do some more animated features. I do want to do some more animated segments of the podcast. I had a couple ideas I wanted to try. I've actually drawn some pictures. Again, it's just organizing all this stuff and then doing it all in a single day can be exhausting. It's weird because I hear people do this on like YouTube and stuff. I'm like, why are you complaining about everything you're working on? But I understand now it's just so that people know what's happening. Like I haven't stopped. Fuck, who cares about any of this? So if you would like, if you think you're going to miss my voice, certainly go back and listen to some old episodes of Velocity Podcast. You can listen to Ninja News Japan. Uh, Daily Affirmations Weekly will be going up every Wednesday. I think there's about 20 weeks left. And something to look forward to in the future is a completely original choose-your-own-adventure story podcast, which apparently I might have to not use the term choose-your-own-adventure. I might get sued. This might be a situation where they sue me and I'm not making any money off this so they could have all the profits. I just don't want people to think that the podcasts are going away forever. Two, three weeks is actually quite a long time for a podcast to disappear. But I guess at the same time, people just subscribe so they don't notice it disappears and then it pops up again and everyone's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. 